My name is Jing Jingshen. I'm 39 years old now. I'm a Han ethnic Chinese. I come from Wuhan, and now I'm living in Edinburgh. Food for Thought, Episode Five. Jing Jingshen was born in China and moved to Scotland when she was in her twenties. In this episode, she talks to us about the celebration food of her childhood and keeping her Chinese food traditions alive here in Edinburgh. Chinese economy did not develop very well at the time when I was little. So I remember I even used footsteps. When you wanted to buy things, you had to use stamps. If you did not have food stamps, it was impossible to buy that much food. But when I grew a bit older, about ten or eleven years old, the food stamps could be replaced by money. If you did not have food stamps, but you would like to give a bit more money, you could still buy the amount of food you want. But before that, the regulation was very strict, and you had to use food stamps. I was the only child of my family, but many other families had more than one child because at that time the one-child policy was not that strict. Before 1980, the government encouraged families to give birth only to one child, but it was not mandatory to only have one child, and therefore there were families which had two or even three or four kids. I remember in their families when it was time for meals, it felt like all the kids were rushing for the food because all the kids were hungry. So, for example, if the older brother ate one more bite than the other siblings, would have one less bite to eat. But the food in my family was often even more than enough. One thing that left a deep impression on me was because I liked to eat meat. The food I took to the kindergarten was mostly meat or eggs. And at and once my mother made me egg noodles. Another kid in my class, her mother made her pickled vegetable noodles. I had never had pickled vegetable noodles before, so I thought it'd be delicious. I wanted her pickled vegetable noodles, and she wanted my egg noodles. So the teacher of the kindergarten exchanged our noodles, and we both were really satisfied eating each other's noodles. If there was a special event, such as a festival, my mother would make the blessed whole family, which was very impressive to me. The most special occasion to eat this dish was at New Year's time. But in later time, because I really liked it, my mother started to make it more often. We eat this dish more often in winter than any other season, because a hot pot would be used for this dish. At that time, we did not use an electronic hot pot like we use now. The one we used was actually a hot pot made of brass, and it has several layers. You could put soup, meat, and vegetables into the outer layer. The inner layer looks like a chimney, and you would put charcoals in and burn them. But now the hot pots are all electronic, so they are more convenient to use. The blessed whole family dish was in fact not easy to make. It was not a burden to prepare all the ingredients. 
However, the preparation took a long time. First, you have to buy meat. In my family, we mostly bought pork because my mother does not eat lamb. Then you had to prepare pork. Shiitake mushroom, sausages, all kinds of prawns, frozen tofu, fried tofu, all kinds of tofu, enoki mushroom, glass noodles, extra. Because we would use the hot pot for the dish, therefore my mother would prepare all the ingredients ahead of time. But there were few most important ingredients. First, egg dumplings. It took time for my mother to make egg dumplings. Preparing for the filling was not hard, but she had to finely chop all the meat, shiitake mushroom, and dried shrimps, then add spices and mix them up. And then my mother would take a small stove. You have to add charcoals in that stove. And when I was young, we made the charcoals ourselves. And there was a special machine which could help us make charcoals. A small stove needed two pieces of charcoals. My mother would take an iron soup ladle or a ladle for frying vegetables, put the ladle onto the stove, and let the charcoal heat the ladle up. She would use chopsticks to get a piece of square shaped pork fat. The fat was not bought from the supermarket; it was made from fatty parts of the pork. She would spread the pork fat around the ladle. And you could literally smell the fat and hear the sound of the moment when the pork fat touched the iron ladle. Once she spread the pork fat, she would pour some raw eggs, which were beaten already, and she spread the egg liquid over the ladle, and it would become an egg skin. Then she put the filling of the dumpling inside the egg skin and closed it. The shape looks like a dumpling. The shape actually has some hidden meaning because the shape of the dumpling looks like a gold ingot. Apart from the good hidden meaning, I really liked eating the egg dumplings. So every time my mother made them, I would sit on a small chair beside her. I would help her to get the pork fat and spread it over the ladle. Or if any egg dumpling was broken, I would just eat it. My mother would make several fully cooked egg dumplings by putting them into the hot pot and boiling them. But because I was around, my mother would make some well cooked for me, and I would eat them directly. Apart from the egg dumplings, my mother would use the rest of the meat to make meatballs. The meatballs were all round shaped. The meatballs have the meaning of family gathering. Therefore, meatballs were must eat in New Year's time. The egg dumplings are originally from Shanghai. My father is from Shanghai, and later his whole family moved to Wuhan because of work. So when my mother cooked, she would make the dishes taste like Shanghai dishes in order to satisfy my father's taste. For example, she would add some sugar to the dishes she made, especially when she made stewed pork. It tasted savory and sweet. I really liked it. When she finished making the egg dumplings and meatballs, she would put all the food into the hot pot. For the soup of the hot pot, my mother would add some chicken in advance, so the soup would be chicken flavored, which went really well with the other ingredients.
On children's birthdays, people have to eat noodles. This is tradition because in China, eating noodles on people's birthday means the person who was born on that day would have a long life. Birthday noodles also mean last for long or forever in Chinese because the shape of the noodles is a long, thin stick. The word "long" in Chinese also means last for a long time. So we wish that birthday person could be healthy and have a long life. Good meanings also applies to eggs. Eggs represent newborn or integrity because the shape of the egg is round and it has the meaning of newborn. If in China there's a big event and you need to invite many people for meal, the dishes must contain eggs. Also, when a newborn baby turns to one month old, people give relatives. And friends, red eggs. The eggshell is colored red. When my birthday came, my mother would make a lot of delicious food. Noodles were definitely there. Because we lived at Wuhan, I really liked the local foods of hot dry noodles. That's why the birthday noodles in my family were a bit different than normal noodles. The other families normally eat soup noodles, but because I really liked eating hot dry noodles, so my mother would use alkaline noodles and use the cooking method of hot dry noodles. So there would not be that much soup in my birthday noodles. She also knew I didn't like vegetables much, so she would add all kinds. Of Of non-vegetarian food, eggs were a must. People eat eggs when it's their birthday, and for the eggs, my mother would stew them in advance. Once the eggs are stewed, they taste more savory and delicious, and the color looks more like the hot dry noodles and not the original white color. The egg white would be truer if it is stewed, and the egg yolk more spicy. My mother would also stew sausages. Besides that, my mother would stew beef and a Wuhan local food, soyi ganzi, at the same time when she was stewing the eggs. Soyi ganzi is a kind of dried and savory tofu, which is finely chopped by a different type of knife, but not totally broken. So when you open the ganzi, it looks like a net. Ganzi would be fried in advance before it was stewed with eggs. Do you know the origin of the hot dry noodles you just mentioned? It is said that the hot dry noodles is the traditional food for breakfast in Wuhan. But I like it a lot, so I ate it for all three meals. Also in Wuhan, if you want to buy hot dry noodles, you can buy it at any meal time. I think this food is delicious as well as cheap. If you buy it outside, it is really cheap, though it is not like the one my mother made with a lot of extra food in it, such as stewed eggs, stewed meat, and soy ganzi. The local methods to Make these dishes. First, make oil with alkaline noodles, then cool it down in the water so the noodles will taste just right, neither too soft nor too tough. And then add sauces into the noodles, such as sesame butter, soya sauce, monosodium, although might be changed to chicken bouillon now. Black pepper and sugar would also be added. Basically. 
Hot dry noodles from each family will taste a bit different from one another, so I suppose some recipes are from the old generation of the family. There are some restaurants which mainly cook hot dry noodles. You have to queue for a long time before you can eat them, and they have a typical Wuhan hot dry noodles flavor. Do you know any fairy tale or story about the hot dry noodles? It is said that in the past that there was a person who made his living by making noodles. Once he carelessly knocked over his bottle containing sesame oil, and his noodles therefore had a lot of oil in them. But when he continued cooking, he found that the noodles with more sesame oil tasted chewier, and the noodles were not sticky. Plus, there was a good and special flavor with the sesame oil. So he improved his former noodle recipe with extra. Sesame butter because sesame butter has the similar flavor with sesame oil. He found his noodles sold even better than before. I heard this story from the other people. I think the heritage of Chinese cuisine is strongly emphasized. There is a Chinese proverb saying people regard food as their prime want. In fact, all the social activities around us can't be held without food. For example, birthday parties and important festivals, people all eat different kinds of food. To be honest, most of the people from China think there's not much delicious food outside the country, and all the good and delicious food is from China. In the Chinese community in Scotland, do you think people still stick to their food traditions? For instance, at a certain festival, will people eat some special food? Our generation, I came to the UK when I was in my twenties, so Chinese culture has already rooted in my mind and in my blood. For example, even though my English is fine. If I listen to the music, the one that makes me think is still in Chinese. If I read, for example, fiction, I still prefer to read in Chinese. But I have noticed that my child is a bit different. Rather than Chinese food, she prefers to eat pizza and drink cola, or any other fast food here. I think her diet she might change because when I was young, I remember I also liked KFC and McDonald's. I loved eating their food and drinking cola. But as I grew older, it seems that I converted to Chinese food again. For the food in our own country, I feel it tastes better. I believe my child will probably do the same. Although she likes Western food now, but maybe when she becomes older, she would also turn to Chinese food. If I keep cooking at home, if I'm free, I will cook food for her. I often make dumplings at home. I hope this food will leave an impression in her childhood life. If one day she would like to turn back to Chinese food, then she's able to do it. I hope the food tradition can last. I feel it is not a thing that you can buy with money. If it is gone, it might be gone forever. As we have often said, the atmosphere of the Spring Festival is not as good as before, and now many festivals lack atmosphere.
I sincerely hope that the food tradition will be continued because it will certainly add more fun moments to your life. When you look back, what you can remember is not food from the supermarket. You will remember the food of your hometown, the food that your mother made, or the food of China. That's the part I wish it will last. Food for Thought: A Life in Four Courses is delivered by Meekup and funded by the Heritage Lottery Fund. This episode was produced by Emma Jane Harrington and Kieran Earls. This interview was carried out by, transcribed and translated by Isabella Jingwen Zhang. Special thanks to Jingjing for sharing her stories with us. To learn more about our work, visit meekup.org.uk.